Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas. And I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to their St. Patrick's Day episode. And I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is <laughs> a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yep. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. Welcome to a very festive Luke and Pete show. If producer Rory's listening, um, maybe consider putting a, a jingle bell uh, on one. the intro. That's that, that's usually the concessions that um, I always forget to do on WrestleMemus on uh, WrestleMe. And um, uh, the first one that always gets released, I always forget to put it on. Let's get um, this one done as quick as we can, because you've got to go and do your Christmas shopping in a minute, haven't you? I've got to go and do my Christmas <laughs> shopping. <laughs> what, what's open on Christmas Day? You're on Google. Christmas Day shop's open. Yeah, I mean, I, I think some things are, aren't they? I don't know. Pubs. Well, I, I come told back you. with a uh, just just haggle with the landlord, buy a bottle of um, Jack Daniels, and half drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. We're very grateful to yeah. have you. Thank you for listening. Merry I, Christmas. I, I don't know if, if you're you, going to be if listening. If you observe, if you do, if you are listening to this on Christmas Day, you've had enough of your family. Fair enough. Mm. You're in the, you're in your bedroom with your headphones in, just taking a bit of time out. Good enough. Mm. Good for you. Or perhaps you're you're one of those people who goes out for a quick run or a walk on Christmas morning, and you're mm. listening then. And you've looked in your podcast app and you've seen a Luke and Pete show episode there ready to go. Thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. What's you having that car? Yeah. Well, there'll be no cars, will there? Just be kids on their new bikes. Kids on their new scooter. They're all about scooters, kids nowadays, aren't true. they? True. Scooty scoots. Um, uh, when you talk about shops being open on Christmas Day, I, I'll tell you, I think I did tell you this years ago. I got kicked out of my nan's house once. Did I tell you that on Christmas Day? <laughs> no. What are you doing? Because my nan You're was... not observing the rules. My nan... Were you wearing the wrong, were you wearing the wrong colours? It's like a, a German super club. <laughs> no. My nan, God rest her, she um, was always very passionate about receiving a handwritten card from her grandchildren. Yes, she would okay. always say it's, it's those things that just really do connect for for, for mums and nans. Don't yeah, they? so she she was like, I don't want a present. Don't give me a present. 
Um, and I always did get her a present. She said she wanted a card. And I didn't get her a card one year because I think I was just being an obnoxious teenager and I forgot or something. And, I, and my nan was quite a tough Scottish lady. And um, I turned up with the whole family and uh, it was like, great Christmas, brilliant. Yes, just because we would go there mm. for Christmas lunch in the afternoon. And she was like, well, you're not coming in. I said, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, good one. No, no, you're not coming in. Why? You didn't get me a card. You got, There's you a card from your sister. There's a card from your mum and dad. Well, this goes, so you better go and get a card. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? And it wasn't that she far away. She disgusted you. Say again. She disgust, disgusted you. She did. Get and out. Disgusted. And I said to my mum, mum, I need to go back to the house to get a card. And my mum was like, we haven't got any left. We used them all. Fucking had to go to all days. The only shop open. What's all days? I mean, it's, it's all days. It, well, it's like it, a co-op it kind of thing. Right, okay. And um, when I went in there, right, genuinely, I went in there. Mm. They had like boxes of cards reduced because obviously no one was buying them anymore. So I, I mm. managed to buy a box of cards, bought a card, wrote it, and it was fine. But when I was in all days, one of my good mates was in there buying stuff. I was like, <laughs> Alex, what are you doing? He's like, oh, God, some stuff to, got, still got some stuff to buy. I was like, it's, it's midday on Christmas Day. <laughs> he was like, yeah, but there's a few gone. presents I still need to get. Absolute fiend. In all days, we're basically like going to a co-op on Christmas Day to buy Christmas presents. What are you going to buy? A fucking box of whiskers? <laughs> Lovely stuff. Anyway, so Pete, um, what, what were you... I mean, it would be no surprise to our listeners to hear that we're pre-recording this because even we, mm. dedicated as we are as broadcasters, cannot record on Christmas Day. So what will you be doing right about now? If someone's listening to this mid-morning on Christmas Day, what will you be doing right about now? I'll be sort of saying... Probably. I'm, I'll probably have an argument. I'll be probably be saying things like, I'm saving myself for my Christmas dinner, but then I'll be um, absolutely hoovering up nuts. Big nut vibe uh, in my soul I, that can never be quenched. Um, just the amount yeah. of... What's your top five nuts? Uh, cashew's got to be up there. That's number one for um, me. Brazil nut is up there. Wouldn't be on my top five. Um, uh, walnut, excellent. Wouldn't get there. Um, I'm trying to think what the other think nuts are. forgetting the humble peanut. Nah, so versatile though. Is it maybe on a pad thai? I've I've got I've I just I've I moved past peanuts when I was like eighteen. Really, fair like, enough. They're, they're boring. I find them boring. I'll probably go cashew, <laughs> peanut, pistachio, pistachio. Yeah, yeah, nice. nice I love difference. the texture of a macadamia. Yes, almost. Um, it's almost it's yielding. And greasy, but also Big. like sort of. A it's boulder. a bit like it's the it's the halloumi of the nut. It is a bit. It's like a boulder, isn't it? It's like a complete mm. boulder. And number mm. five, Pete, for me, although I appreciate it's a terrible for the environment and a very thirsty crop, I'd go for the almond probably. Right. Okay. Is that the worst one? I'm trying to think. I think it, it like... is almonds and avocados. I think. How? Do you, by right. the way, how are they get a milk out of an almond? I often wonder that. What do you think? It's just so are dry. Right. How many do you have to squeeze to get milk out of it? Do they not? Is it not? Do they presumably just add water? Like it's not pure almond, is it? It must be like water, and the the flavours the water, no? And the the nutrients. I've never thought about that. Surely. I mean, you're, I guess you're Surely. right. Otherwise, it's it just seems absolutely. But you know that you it just, like, just seems very wasteful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you feel like you're like food is like most food is like X percent water. So like a cucumber, obviously, like ninety nine percent water. But mm. even like a loaf of bread. Is like X percent water, so I just I just assumed that it was just it had water in it. Yeah, and that Ooh, was what the pecan. Pecan's pecan very always, good. Pecan always comes along with um, bit smokiness sweet things. Yeah, bit smokiness, nice. bit of sweetness. Yeah, I, look, I'm, yeah, I'm happy with that. Look, before Pine we do, nut, before, acorn. You've always been a squirrely kind of guy. Acorn. No one eats acorns. <laughs> good we though. Do you know could that in the acorns? in the U.S. Civil War, the Confederate Army used to make coffee out of acorns because they were so uh, so poor. 
Right. Acorn coffee. I can't imagine it tastes it very nice. Um, no. So, bef- chicory. What's chicory? That's got to be a nut, isn't it? I think that's a vegetable. Is it? Yeah. What's I it? Think. Oh, am I thinking of hickory? No, hickory, not chicory. <laughs> hickory is like a, think, um, is a hickory. Wood. You make coffee out of, can't you? You can make it with like coffee and. Hickory. No, you can it's make like coffee. Cheap, you can make coffee. Ch- uh, coffee out of chicory. Chicory, right? But I don't. I don't chicory believe seeds. it's a nut. I, mean, I could be wrong. I think it's a seed. It's just a plant. Chicory I think, seed. Yeah. Um, uh, Peter, yeah. look, we, we've asked for Christmas correspondence from our from our listeners. We've received, and we're going to be talking about chicories. We've <laughs> we've received some, but mm. what? Um, and there's some good ones, trust me. Mm. But what I want to do, because so many people asked for it, yeah, is that in 2000, I think it was 2018, might have been 2017, we received mm. a Christmas email that has stood yeah. the test of time. Yeah, um, and it's essentially from um, our listener Dan. And if you've not heard it, I'm going to read it for you now. If you have heard it, you'll be very, very happy to read it again, based mm. on what we've heard of from maybe, our um, from our listeners. So it, it, maybe this could be our Christmas tradition, like you know, like um, like a TV special. Yeah, we just read Christmas. it. Christmas. Yeah, this is basically our Del Boy falling through the bar. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So I'm going to do it now. Um, this is from Dan, and it first came in five or six years ago, as I've said. Hello, boys. Upon hearing your patter about what families talk about over the dinner table, I was transported back to a Christmas dinner I had with my family the best part of a decade ago. Quick background. (laughs) I grew up on the outskirts of the lovely city of Bath in a conservative, somewhat Christian-focused household, and for for all of my adolescence, I had concealed my deviant side from my strict, God-fearing, but otherwise lovely parents. That is until my first Christmas back after starting uni in Liverpool. Liverpool got a lot to answer for here. I know so many people who describe would describe themselves as Dan describes himself there. So he's got he's got uh, my sympathy. (laughs) I'd never been one for swearing much, especially not in front of my parents. (laughs) But going to uni in a much bigger and livelier city and surrounded myself with gruffer people, I'd picked up the habit of effing and jeffing like I was a sailor down the (laughs) Albert Dock. Not wanting to upset my parents, I'd kept my foul tongue in check all over the Christmas holiday. <laughs> that was until the Christmas dinner itself. My favourite thing about Christmas dinner, I love this because it's like mitigation. Uh, my favourite mm. thing about Christmas dinner has always and will always be pigs in blankets. Indeed, mm. I'd always sneak an extra one more than was probably approved by my father and hope there'd be plenty left over once I'd forced down all the dry meat and veg. Just a cheeky little bit of conservative Christian fun there. Yeah, definitely. Having an extra sausage. That's the kind of level you can enjoy. Mm. However, this year, my mother, always fond of the finer things in life, took it upon herself to empty the half dozen or so pigs in blankets left over onto her own plate before she'd even finished her roasties, the total cheat. Without thinking, in total disgust, I said, you greedy cunt. It's still funny. It's still uh, funny. Well, that was it. Mayhem, says Dan. My father dropped his glass of wine. It smashed instantly. Startled the cat to the point it jumped directly onto the dinner table. The dog, Gandalf, not wanting to be outdone, instantly leapt from the floor to the table to chase the cat, trampling on all the fruits of my mother's labour before settling into the bowl of cottage uh, cauliflower cheese. My mother was shell-shocked, and her only word to me for the rest of the day was that she was heartbroken. <laughs> My sister vowed to never speak to me again as I'd ruined her favourite meal of the year, while my three brothers raged from indifference, brackets pothead, to finding it hilarious. My dad told me it didn't. It best <laughs> I didn't accompany the family to the tr- traditional after-dinner drink in the local pub, the first time I could have gone and legally enjoyed an adult beverage, which I must admit did hurt me. 
To this day, my parents refer to it as the incident, and whenever one of my siblings invariably brings it up over a family meal, a cold chill passes around the dinner table. My mother's eyes narrow, and my father's <laughs> cheeks turn to a delightful shade of pink. As it is, I regret that so much food went to waste, but she was being greedy. Love the show, guys. All the best, Dan. It's a great story. It sets us up nicely for this Christmas show. It's a great story, and, and the thing that gets me is, like, it's. I just hope that in later life... Dan's mum and dad can find it in their heart to find it fucking hilarious. Because, I mean... I'd love to hear from Dan again now. (laughs) I think sometimes things are so offensive, the parents just sort of go, they cannot help but be humorously shocked. You know what I mean? I I don't think Dan's parents were. No, maybe not. So so I think apparently when when your kid is very young, if they swear for the first time, you're supposed Mm. to not react. Right. The, the the general consensus is if your toddler or whatever has picked up a swear word from wherever yeah. and starts yeah. to say it, you should ignore it. Because mm. so, otherwise do you, you empower kind of like, them to do it. So do, do you, but how do you stop them from using it all of the time? Uh, do you yeah. kind of, you know, like therapeutic parenting sort of take them aside and so I go, you know what? You might want to think about not shouting the C word in the post office. <laughs> I don't think you can say you might want to think about it. I think you've got to just say, look, we don't say that around here. You know, you can't say that. Yeah. And don't, but don't make a big yeah. deal out of it. Yeah. Um, the, um, the same way that when you're changing a nappy, you're not supposed to show any visible disgust to the baby when there's a poo in the nappy because they think <laughs> they've done something wrong. Right. Okay. Yeah. And they haven't. Right. So, but I, listen, I don't know. think any of these apply to Dan. Right. Okay. Who should not be calling his mother a cunt at Christmas. No, it's as simple as true. that. Through that, really, is yeah. as simple as that. Mm. Um, I'd love to hear an update from Dan on that to see what he's been uh, up to recently. Yeah. See if his mum's truly forgiven him now. Because, um, mm-hmm. the thing is, that would hang heavy over the dinner table every year, wouldn't it? Particularly the first couple of years, that would be big. The sec, yeah, the, the year after, yeah. I mean, the, the, the br- I don't think the brothers will help in this situation personally. I'd be digging him. I'd be digging him out, <laughs> making oblique references yeah. to it. Have you have yeah. you ever had any big incidents over Christmas over Christmas dinner, Peter? You've got a volatile um, character. Um, none that I can remember, but I think sometimes the, it's one of the charms of being a volatile character is that you kind of just forget you forget the volatility. True. It's just you're on to the next volatile just every episode, day for you, aren't it? you, really? Yeah. Just every exactly. day. Just yeah, and, Tuesday, and, yeah. and you'll be with your immediate family this year. You're not going to be with your parents, are you? No, because they refuse to get off their fat asses. Will you be, will you be at um, the in-laws or no? I think we'll probably be in the in-laws because um, um, Sarah's mum unfortunately broke her leg. So, oh, uh, dear. We may be very so, so were well your be, parents, were your parents invited to the in-laws as well? The, my parents would be invited to wherever we are. Like, yeah. but they're, they're just absolute silly sausages. They wouldn't so. see, but they won't see your sister either? No, no. Oh, that's a shame. That is a, that is a shame. It is a shame. I don't know why they, I don't know why they do it to themselves because got, you've got into a rut and they just, they just will not. It's a, it's a story repeated... All through the lands um, after yeah. COVID, I think everyone just sort of shut down a little bit and, and refused to to break out of anything they didn't do beforehand. So fair enough. Um, Peter, mm. do you want to do the email from um, from our friend uh, D Castillo Lizarraga, which is a brilliant fucking name, by the way? Whoa, that's amazing. Hang yeah. on, let me see that D Castillo. Um, hang on. Okay, go. Uh, a Christmas prank is the title. Uh, hello, looking picture of family. In uh, 2010, uh, during a typical sunny San Diego Christmas, I spent the evening with my stepfather's family, which made it our very first Christmas altogether. I was 15 at the time and quite nervous, as much of his family, unlike him, are very soft-spoken and tend only to speak Spanish in the house. <laughs> uh, my Spanish, although 
I am Mexican myself. It's not up to par for conversations that veer away from subjects like food or directions. Uh, and I was forced to hover most of the night around my stepfather, Javier, who acted as a translator. As is custom in many Mexican households, Christmas is celebrated the day before, reserving the midnight hour for the moment gifts are open. Um, uh, I respectfully uh, let his family open their gifts first, sitting back with the few boxes he's given me. Uh, as it turns out, this would be a disastrous strategy. <laughs> when it was my turn, all the unwrapping had finished, all the attention had turned on me, and I'm forced to open my gifts in the strange and unwitting silence of his entire family. The first box uh, revealed a spray bottle of carpet cleaner which I thought was unusual, but proceeded to move on, smiling around the, the room shyly. Uh, the next, a steering wheel cover, uh, was equally unusual due to the fact that I was a teenager and didn't own a car. The last gift, uh, however, packaged in a dealer-issued BMW box, completely stunned me. My family never had much money, and to think that they bought me a car, let alone a BMW, was astonishing. Uh, I opened the box, and there it was, uh, a BMW key fob. I looked around in amazement, speechless, on the verge of tears, and somehow already on my feet. Javier uh, hugged me and told me to go outside, his entire family clapping as I rushed out the door, expecting to see my first car. Of course, when I went outside, however, there was no BMW with a bow tie in the driveway, just the same arrangement of cars. When I went back in, confused, Javier had told, had apparently told the whole family the secret. There was no car, and they were all laughing hysterically. <laughs> and my gifts, as it turned out, were carpet cleaner I didn't need, a steering wheel cover I couldn't use, and a key fob that Javier apparently needed back, as it belonged to someone he worked with. <laughs> Javier, you absolute rotten swine. Um, wow. The whole thing had been a prank. Uh, I didn't even have an actual gift to speak of. <laughs> even now, at 28, and with my own family, they still ask how I'm liking the car, obviously laughing as they do so, and make driving gestures whenever I enter the room. <laughs> Suffice it to say, the Christmas of 2010, I went down in the family, and their family is a Christmas for the ages. Uh, while here, I am almost 15 years later, still driving uh, a beat-up old Hyundai I got off uh, Craigslist. Cheers, Luca Pichot. Thanks for all the laughs. Castillo. That was a hell of a story. That's brutal. Uh, it is brutal. Yeah, there's it's no two far. words about it's it. It's too far. I, I mean, Javier should have been run over by you in a BMW that you'd borrowed off your mate. Do you know I'm what, sorry. You know what I also no like way. about it? You know you see that prevalence now of like... Terrible parents who were like, "Yes, here's your kids filming it for, yeah, for the for the ground, yeah, 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 for the ground. Yeah, they've just done this because they love it. There's not really mentioned. <laughs> it's not going on social media. What's the point? No, no, we just we just no. want to fucking absolutely mug you off on Christmas Day. That's all we're doing. We don't even <laughs> know you incredible. that well. Oh, we do not even you. speak the same language. But here's a yeah. universal language. Fuck you. <laughs> It's it? so wonderfully cruel, but again, I, we've said it before. Prank, you know, pranks are quite can be quite brutal, and yeah, that's a that's a bad one. That I think that, <laughs> that's you a think rough that, old one. Do you think one. that's too far? Yes, I think it is. I think, I, I, well, yeah, I think it is. I, I think it's unless you've unless the pullback and reveal is you've actually got a car. There's, just don't do that. I've never. I don't know. I, I may be the aforementioned volatile person, but I do find these things quite cruel. It like, is cruel. I, find like, them, I, I, was I find them hard to get to. I was on a stag weekend once mm. where the... Uh, and I, I was just invited. I wasn't in the in the, in the, mm. in the, part, the stag party or the, um, the mm. wedding party or anything. And um, the best man arranged for the... Best situation. Don't have to go to a wedding. No, I did go, <laughs> to, the, I, do, I did, I did go to the wedding as well, but I wasn't, oh, right, yeah, okay. I wasn't involved in any organisation is what I'm trying to say. Right. And um, the... The best man 
um, arranged for a fake kidnapping of the groom. Right, okay. And this was in, like, in Poland, right? Right, yeah. So they were all speaking a different language. They demanded his passport. They put a hood over his head, right? And they took him to, like, a nightclub, and that was the payback, right? Yeah. It was bad. (laughs) You you cannot get into a nightclub with piss down yourself. He he looked really frightened. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Really frightened. Really frightened. I mean, I guess, I think kidnapping... Is it kidnapping the... Um, maybe I'm just pissing that off the scene from The Office US, but, like, isn't kidnapping the bride in, like, a big part of... The, of, of tra- fam- like, um, sort of stag and hen traditions back in the day, back in oldie timey times? I don't know. I just, all I will say is this didn't feel traditional. It didn't feel traditional. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you are... How old was the, uh, how old but, was the groom? I don't know. 25? Right, okay, yeah. No, no one's answering the door then. No, I'm recording it. Um, good, good. I thought that was my door. Should I just stop the show and answer the door? Um, uh, On Christmas Day, it could be Santa. <laughs> it could be Santa. Sorry, I'm a bit late. It could be Santa. It could be Santa. <laughs> um, so, uh, where were we? Yeah, so 25, I think, is too young. If you're in your 40s and you're getting kidnapped, you're like, all oh, right, yeah, I kind of understand. If you're 25 and you're in an unfamiliar country, Poland. Now, if you're yeah, in your 40s, I mean, you're you thinking, are... this will be two or three days away from the kids' minimum. Yeah. <laughs> bring it on bring it on oh, yeah. crying out loud anyway, I haven't got any fucking money Peter let's go for a break and on the other side of it I've got another festive email from Tom that I would very much like to read I hope it's wrapped in bacon like a little sausage as a person with a very deep voice I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns but a deep voice doesn't sell B2B and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. 
What are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Peach Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas and I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to their St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is <laughs> a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yep. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? To light your dickhead. Welcome back to this very special tinsel-covered... Um, what's the eggnog doused Christmas edition of the Luke and Pete show? Luke, um, uh, I, I, I hear you've got an email for us, uh, a Christmas email from a man called Tom. Tom. Um, this Ooh. one's entitled "The Christmas I Almost Killed My Granddad." <laughs> Lovely stuff. Hello. When I was about seven or eight, my granddad came to my mum and dad's at Christmas, as my grandma had sadly died earlier in the year. When he arrived, my mum asked me to get him a drink. While her and my dad cracked on with making the Christmas lunch, my granddad asked for a G&T. And rather than bothering to find out from my parents how the fuck you actually made a G&T, I decided I knew what I was doing, because I've been fetching my own drinks for well over a year now. Um, having made the drink, I handed it over and asked him if it was okay. He said it was the best G&T he'd ever had. He pretty much necked it and asked for another. So after pouring him another, I went back to playing with my new toys, feeling very proud of myself. About 30 minutes later... I walked back into the lounge to find my granddad chatting at an empty space, having sunk his second drink. <laughs> Being somewhat freaked out by his behaviour, I went to get my dad, who promptly asked me what I'd given him. As I pointed out to him, I made it like a normal drink, an orange squash amount of tonic water topped up with gin. <laughs> Needless to say, my granddad didn't see Christmas lunch. Instead, he lied on my bed asleep slash puking into a bowl by the side of the bed. That night, I had to sleep on the floor of my bedroom as he slept all the way through till morning. <laughs> the next day, he actually thought it was hilarious, which saved me further bollockings from my parents. But for the next 20-odd Christmases until he died, he would turn up every year asking for a drink, but, quote, not a Tom special. To this day, though, I shouldn't, don't think I should be held responsible because, as one, my parents should have got the drink, and two, how did he drink it and not realise how strong it was? Uh, anyway, Merry Christmas to you, uh, both, and to your wife, partners, and families you have access to. Uh, all the best, Tom. Uh, I don't know, man. I, th- I think Grandad wanted that. I think Grandad wanted wanted a, a pass, wanted a pass away from Christmas. He just he was just like, yeah, fucking brilliant, yeah, excellent, brilliant. Right, if I just get a bottle of gin down before midday, I can sleep the rest of this off. <laughs> oh, that is astonishingly good. It's not well bad. Done. It's not great. I, yeah, I mean, well done, man. We don't tend to drink much at our house on Christmas. Do you, does your family drink? No, a lot? you said never, you did. You said never. you got so pissed last year you couldn't make the lunch. Um. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, that, uh, to be honest, that's probably the first the first year I've ever um, got sloshed. Really. Um, yeah, uh, not 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 big drinking families, but that what that wasn't my family, was it? I guess. But, but, um, it was someone else's family. <laughs> but I was just necking. I was just necking green ginger wine. God, I love green ginger wine. I've never even heard of it. What is it? Just an old lady drink. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's just it's just a sweet dessert wine that's like gingery. Oh man, it's good. It's alcoholic, presumably. Yeah, yeah, not massively alcoholic. It's only like 5% or something, but it's delicious. Absolutely delicious. Very nice. Um, all right, well, Peter. Poor, let's, poor granddad. Yeah, let's not do, let's do this one before we, before we go. Um, mm. 
from Adrian. He says, hey guys, I thought I'd tell you the story of my best Christmas ever. It actually started in Christmas 2009 and finished in Christmas 2011. Yeah. After moving back to Australia after a few years in London to my now wife's home city of Perth, we had mm. our first Christmas at her grandmother's place with all of her mum's family in attendance. Her auntie and uncle had recently separated, but both were able to attend Christmas dinner as Auntie Kim made the best potato bake. I don't know what that is. I guess that's an Australian dish. Um, mm. I was sat down the far end of the table with all the men of the family, and some stories of other family members began coming out. One of the cousins had apparently decided to try having an open relationship of some kind, and he and his wife had invited another lady to live with them. <laughs> Just Christmas <laughs> chat. Love it. Only yes. for him to come home one day to all his stuff moved out, and his wife and the other woman deciding he was no longer required. Yes. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Then in full <laughs> shot of Auntie Kim, Uncle Steve decides to tell us about his new girlfriend and then confirm that the sex was the best he'd ever have. Uncle Steve, come on. Needless to say, this was without doubt the funniest best Christmas I've ever had. Cut forward to Christmas Eve 2011. Kim and Steve are now unsurprisingly divorced. <laughs> Upon arrival at the same grandmother's house, we began talking about going to the pub for a Christmas Eve beverage, and my father-in-law asked if anyone had phoned Auntie Kim to see if she'd like to join us. This didn't sit well with the other family members who took offence and questioned his loyalty. This then spilled out onto the front lawn, with my mother-in-law and her sister and my mother arguing and the words blood is thicker than water being used, to which my father-in-law agreed, promptly packed up the turkey, the Christmas pudding and all the beer, and drove us all home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to have Christmas at home. Wow. That is that is exactly how I imagine every Australian Christmas. I no, I just think it's because it's different. It's not snowy. The the intensity the vibe's there different. for a, the vibe's different. I, you know, it's prawns on a barbie. It's like, you know, people are not worrying necessarily about the... It's not a... You can go outside. There are other options. With, with, with wintry Christmases, it's kind of you are... You might be having to drive through an old... Uh, like a, a country lane in 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 three feet of snow. After, like there are kind of, of considerations after a couple of beers. But here, you know, you 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 you're having like you're having Christmas dinner in 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 a warm climate. So it's I don't think the pressure's quite as high. Do you, do you um, think people would? Do you think that I I find find it weird? That, what's um, Uncle Steve up to? Uncle Steve's what's a rogue Uncle Steve agent up here. To? He's a rogue agent here. <laughs> I mean, he is the he is the guy that you want to be Why avoiding. Is, why is he telling everyone about the best sex he's ever had? Yeah. About, like, next to his wife. Yeah. Good God. Not good. And, Amazing. Uh, do you think it's also strange for them to see, like, all the Christmas scenes traditionally I like snowy mm. and stuff, and then for them it's like it's summer, right? It's like a very yeah, Northern Hemisphere-dominated kind of vibe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's very um, Germanic, isn't it, I think, Christmas. I don't think I'd like it. I, when I lived in New Zealand, it started to get warm as we were leaving around the start of December, and all the decorations mm. were going up, but the wet, people were starting to break out the, the shorts and tees. It's very, very strange. Well, especially because there'd be pictures of, like, like the, the depiction of Santa is all snowy and stuff. Yeah. I've already seen a Santa in the wild. It was, it was quite intense. It was in a garden centre. Oh, really? Invented by Coca-Cola, the modern Christmas, isn't it? Father Christmas. Was it? Yeah. It used to be green, I think. His, sorry, coming. let me rephrase that. His clothes used to be green. <laughs> it was Shrek. <laughs> anyway. Shrek Christmas. All that's left to do is to wish our lovely listening family a fantastic Christmas, Peter. So do you want to do that and then we can go? Please don't say cunt at Christmas. If there's one thing you've learned from this, mm. don't, yeah, that's yeah. the one takeaway. No matter how many sausages, if mum has decided to jam 15 pigs in blankets in her mouth, that's her prerogative. She cooked them. And Dan, you're not going to be short of food. It's Christmas. There's food everywhere. 
You're not going to miss out. everywhere. I'm sure you could knock up some more pigs in blankets later if you really fancy them. Yeah. So don't say cunt at Christmas. But if you do, do tell us about it at hellolukepeatshow.com. This has been... Uh, your Christmas episode of Luke and Pete Short. If you are um, have just had a festive argument and you're going out for a, for a walk, it doesn't matter. Tomorrow's another day. It's absolutely fine. Exactly, it'll be forgotten about. Just, just crack open the Radio Times and watch something absolutely abhorrent on the television. Yeah. Mrs. Brown's Boys, yeah. whatever's on, just fucking crack into it. Yeah, probably um, only fools and horses. Only That's what Uncle Steve would be watching. In- in the same garden centre I saw the centre, there was a full display of only fools and horses. Um, little sort of mini. Kind of dioramas. Um, very, very strange. What's, what's weird about it, it is really strange. And I think the most strange thing about it is it's not, it's not that like um, people don't have different tastes, because I understand they do. Mm. But it has such an impact, given that mm. it's not released an episode at all, I don't think, mm. for now 20 years. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's just the merchandising that I don't understand. It's the, you know, these little dioramas and little figurines of Trigger and, and stuff that I saw in this garden centre. It's like you are selling that to two markets, the United Kingdom and Serbia, and nowhere <laughs> in between. That basically, it's, just Pete, like, it's insane. It only Falls and the Horses has released three episodes in total since 1996. Mm. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's massive. They're doing they're doing garden centre displays about it everywhere they go. It's Gavin and Stacey. I feel sorry for. It's massive. It is Gavin and Stacey. We should be feeling sorry for. All right. Anyway, let's go. Have a great Christmas. Thank you for your support this year. We'll be back again before the New Year, so we won't do the 2023 roundup stuff just yet. But thank you very much at this festive time for for supporting us. Um, we do appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your Christmas with your fram- family, your friends, or whoever you're spending it with. Or Peter Frampton. Or Peter Frampton. That's definitely part of it. That's important. Mm. And um, yeah, maybe flick on the Vicar of Dibley, the one where she's eating all the Christmas lunches. Exactly. Nothing wrong, there's nothing yeah. vicious. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Silent night, cunts. <laughs> you greedy cunts. Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And... Don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes 
officers investigate things like the Battersea poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Oi! Oi! What are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas and I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode and I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yeah. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead.